0: Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group and x This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics and this is just the spot. Two guarantees, you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Making a Marketer podcast. This kicks off season five. This is part one of a two-part reunion show. So if you're not familiar, we bring all the guests back from the previous season or as many of them as can make it. And we do a round robin, Two different shows, one hour each, every 20 minutes we're rotating people in and out. Sometimes there's a method to my madness of who I put together, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just scheduling, as you can imagine. It's kind of like herding cats (laughs) to try to schedule 24 different people. So I am so excited for season five, Jen. Oh, yeah,
1: I (laughs) I am wonderful. I'm so excited. These recaps are like my favorite. I love them so much. All the people. Yeah, I had a
0: fellow podcaster tell me the first show he ever listened to was one of these. And he's like, that was crazy. he He just couldn't imagine doing that himself. So I do want to say I'm with powers of marketing. Jen Cole, who is with Now Marketing Group, also owns her own company. Jen, why don't you tell our listeners about X-Stand?
1: All right. So I have this standing desk company called X-Stand. And the cool thing about X-Stand is it's made out of bamboo. It's sustainable. We hand make them right here in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, we have a CNC guy who cuts the bamboo out of these big old sheets of bamboo and then we bring all the pieces back to our house and my boyfriend and I assemble them here you're like right here inside my house the cool thing is it's it's a two-part desk so these two pieces of bamboo fit together in our locking to make a standing desk or a laptop stand I'm actually I've been using my x stand for many years before I even owned the company that's a whole Sorry, how that yeah. came to be. <laughs> we, but, should do um, a, we should just... do a
0: live show about that sometime. Oh gosh, about yeah, that, that's a story. How, how influence being an influencer can gain you a business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's an ROI yeah. I, I never thought would happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what? That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I have a new desk set up with lots of bamboo accessories. So maybe someone will end up with, somebody has a big birthday coming up. So maybe someone will maybe get an X stand for her birthday. I mean...
1: I kind of like that just, idea. Just, I just a thought. <laughs> it's pretty
0: much perfect. It's
1: pretty we're uh,
0: we're three weeks away from the month of Megan, so just so everyone... <laughs> that is so true. We're oh, celebrating. so true. Okay, y'all. So our first group, we have Troy Sandage and Gary Nux. Hi, guys. Hello. What's up, world?
2: <laughs> Digital world? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was like two extremes. Gary's like super baritone and Troy's tenor. I don't know, whatever the higher. I changed my
2: voice a lot, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Okay, so how this is going to work is we're going to have our guests tell us a little bit about themselves instead of having me do their bio. And then we're going to talk about what their episode was about and let you know what number it is. So you can go and look for, look back to season four to listen. And then we have one big question for everyone, which um, we usually do. And this time the big question is what is the most important business lesson you learned during what is an ongoing pandemic that will help you and hopefully our listeners? Of course, Forevermore, so it's always something big. Hetty, I gave them the question in advance, so hopefully they have thought about it. So Troy, let's talk about your episodes first. Like you were, you are on twice in season four. Two. Thank you. Yes, two wow. times. He was building a successful marketing strategy framework was the first. That was episode sixty five. So tell us about your deal with with strategy and how important it is. And I mean, in a nutshell, tell us about yourself and then let's talk about your episode a little bit.
2: Well, number one, I'm sharing the mic with one of my greatest mentors, who's also a super duper strategist. So it's like Batman and Robin are here, although I'm the Robin, but ah. let's talk about that later. So <laughs> I live in the strategy. I know that's very semantic. Everyone who thinks uh, they do one thing and they know strategy of one thing, they're a strategist. And let me tell you, there are levels to this thing. And if you're a business that needs like an achievable business plan, if you need money, the green, if you need an optimization of your business to create the life that you want, I'm the person you want to talk to. I'm gonna give you a lot of different ways to figure out, customize these things to create the life that you want. But I strategize pathways to like seven plus figure businesses in the B2B space. So if you're an entrepreneur, creator, people on those lines that are focused on B2B, that is where my specialty lies. Although I can spread out beyond that. You know, with the first episode I was on with you really, you know, galvanize and transform a lot of p- things that people saw about. Troy as a business. So I'm very appreciative to being on making a marketer because it did put me on the map and it did lead to some client success. So also for those who are listening, who are like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get in that space and I get some attention. I need to talk to Megan. With that being said, I think strategy is so important. It's not just something you set in and forget it. It's a living and breathing thing that you have to really come terms with to understand.
0: For sure. And then you also, so it's interesting because, okay, I had you back to do an Ask Me Anything with Di McDonald. And um, she unfortunately couldn't make the show today. But on that, we talked like social audio, we talked events, social media. And really, I know you from Twitter, like that's how I met you. But I really got to know you because of social audio, because of Clubhouse, I feel like, on a kind of on a different level. And then just fun fact, Troy and I will be going to a Cubs game next Monday and, and then driving to Lima, <laughs> Ohio for Social Media Week Lima. So this, this thing that is social media can actually, if you do it right, you know, can can turn into friendships and some pretty
2: um, 100% Twitter life. Yes, sir. That's
0: right. That's right. And then I met Gary because of you on Clubhouse. um, And I had him on the show because of that. And so Gary, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And then we'll talk about your episode.
3: Sure. So as a reminder, I'm Gary J. Nix. I am the founder and chief strategist of The Brand Artist. What I do is branded marketing strategy. I had a conversation with someone today and they were like, so why do you do what you do? And I told them that earlier on in my career, I was focused on doing marketing. What I saw was people were not answering the question why they were doing the marketing the way they were doing a very long time. So I ended up pivoting there. I start with brand, not with market first, because not only do you need to know who you're trying to sell to, the people who you're trying to sell to need to know you. And that part is where your brand, your brand is not a product. It's not a service. It's not any sort of noun. Your brand is a verb.
0: I love that. And Jen's nodding like, I mean, (laughs) relationship marketing, community, like if you're doing all of that right, then yeah, I love that. Brand is yeah. a verb, not a noun. I love it. Yeah. And you're, so the episode I had you on 76, challenges of communication and media. And it's a little nebulous. Usually our stuff is like very straightforward. It's like there's tactics and, and I did kind of challenge us, right? To have kind of like a different kind of a conversation um, than we normally have, because I think that in media in general, but in, in social media, you know, there are, there are, are, are regular challenges. And I think some of it stems from like, like you were saying like people not really having a a true understanding of like why they're doing what they're doing they're just kind of going through the motions right and just kind of doing to do because it's what they're supposed to be doing or whatever
3: yeah everyone's trying to figure out the best way to do things and they're trying to figure out especially on social platforms the best way to do things with technology changing with algorithms changing and they're forgetting the point the point is to connect They're lamenting about the ability not to connect, but they're not doing any of the things to actually connect in the first place. So while there are elements of the way these platforms work now, where it becomes extremely pay to play and everything along those lines, you still have to do the things that you need to do to connect, to genuinely connect with people. Because even if you have the money and you still don't do the things, it's not going to be effective Right. Another conversation that I I was having with some colleagues is our job is not actually to sell. I know business people's minds are blowing up right now (laughs) because in order to have a business that's successful, you need to have revenue. I totally get it. However, if you connect well enough, the benefit of said connection is going to be the revenue. And that benefit is going to be a lot more long lasting than just trying to sell and figure out how to sell the next day and the next day and the next day. Make people want to buy from you don't sell.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Jen, do you want to, I know Jen, Jen's like chomping.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Um, it's so powerful. If you can really take the time, genuinely get to understand the people that you, that you're eventually going to, you know, invite into a community around your brand. That's exactly what you need to do. You need to be working on building trust. You need to be finding ways to connect with them, find where they are online, find where they are offline a lot of the time and really build true relationships with them because that's, what's going to lead to the, you know, the lifetime customer. And what is the value of a lifetime customer? You got to sit there and really think about that because boom, that could be, you know, monumental. Yeah. No question.
0: You take care of your customer and the revenue will come you exactly. take care of your community and the revenue Love will it. come. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
1: Okay, guys,
0: your one big question. Troy, what's the most important lesson that you, business lesson? Because we we've we learned probably all sorts of other kinds of lessons throughout the last year and a half. Let's talk business. I'm not how to make sourdough bread or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what's the most important business lesson you learned during throughout this pandemic that'll help you moving forward?
2: And I think it's alignment. I think, you know, you can be in a situation where you're making all the money that you want, but the business isn't creating the life that you want. Or you can be on the flip side where... You're just begging for a paycheck. Like you're just begging for a sale. You're just in a desperation mode. Maybe you're in the hybrid mode where you're in a business. It's not working out. Obviously, we experienced all that during the pandemic, and we're still experiencing it. And now you're in a place where you need to get a job or as promotion. There's a lot of scenarios where this you know fits on it. But it's all about you know alignment and how do you stay alignment. And you know, I'm not an acronym king guy. I know I'm not trying to brand myself like that, but. Everybody knows, who knows me by now, I know I probably have one in the in the chamber ready to go, but this is a tragedy <laughs> that everyone's already heard. If you haven't, let me introduce you to. It's called DAP. Always do all possible things. And I think that mindset will help you transition your business when it's necessary. And understand that on the journey to the destination, if you think about a GPS, I don't care how far off-road you get, the destination hasn't changed. The GPS is going to reroute you to where you need to go. And what you're doing, always do all possible things. That may mean delegate. That may mean double down. That may mean change your niche. That may mean networking other communities that at first may seem uncomfortable, but you gotta be comfortable in the uncomfortability so you can be successful. And so I think that transitions pre-pandemic, in the pandemic, post-pandemic, is always doing possible things and be okay because all of this is leading to the destination. You're focusing on that and you hit a traffic jam. You're like, the traffic jam just sucks but I'm just trying to get home, y'all. I'm just trying to get home. I'm trying to get to that destination. And if that's your business, whatever that revenue is, whatever that, and understand that money is just the tool to create the life that you want. It's no point if you getting obsessed over the money. If the journey to get there is all stressed out, your business is being successful by industry standards. People are calling you a thought leader. People are giving you all, the, you're getting that dope meat of likes and comments and I'm validated on the screen. But if your accounts get deleted, like what happens? You know what I'm saying? Right. So you gotta really have that right mindset, and that's what's gonna carry you through now, in the future, and beyond. That's my lesson. No, sure. That's my takeaway.
0: I love that. Well said. Seriously, yeah. Mic drop. You can't do it though. Can't drop a mic on a podcast though. So we'll just figuratively. Or can you? <laughs> oh, my or can you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Gary, what do you think? I think for me, just because I'm I consider myself an old head. It wasn't so much a lesson that I learned, but something that I was reminded of. And it's the fact that evolution is real. This pandemic has been the the biggest accelerant to understanding how broken our systems have been for a very long time. And we learned or were reminded of, depending on where you sit, that people want to give their money to companies that share their values it's something that we knew it's something that's been said many times it's something that has not been recognized at scale but a lot of companies learned it the hard way over the past 16 to 18 months so the necessity to evolve and to understand not only does your business in terms of your product or, server, uh, or service offering need to evolve but the systems by which you run your business need to be uh, need to evolve where you see yourself fitting within society and needs to evolve. All these things that just seem to surround the business and according to a lot of financial people may not directly affect the bottom line are the things that affect the bottom line the absolute most. Yeah. So not, on, not only understand what you do and what you do for people in terms of your company or your offering, understand what you do for people for them for society, for the community. Once again, it's those things that we don't put on a balance sheet, but they will zero that balance sheet out very much depending on which way you go. So remember that, learn the lesson, get better.
0: I love that. Yeah. We had our last guest on, if you haven't listened to episode 84 yet, inclusivity is a business advantage it actually will increase your revenue. Um, and that was our speaker, Melissa Majors, talked about that. She wrote a book about it. And yeah, you, you put that so well. I love it. Okay, so we are almost done with group one already. That's how fast what? it goes, y'all. So Troy, where is the best way for our listeners to find you?
2: I just want to say you just got some gems from the yeah. brand artists <laughs> so and the much. strategy hackers. So I mean, <laughs> count yourself worthy, count yourself lucky, look us up. Do what you do. I'm Tristan Ish. I'm a strategy hacker. I'm the founder and CEO of Strategy Hackers. I talk fast, but I get my values even faster, baby. I'm trying to yeah. help you grow your business to create the life that you want to live through strategy. That's my domain. I live it in it. I eat it. I breathe it. And I want you to give it so you can do it.
3: That's what I do.
0: Find Troy. He's everywhere fine, at Find Troy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gary J. Nix. How about you?
3: I can be found on LinkedIn at my name, Gary J. Nix. I can be found on Twitter at Mr. McFly, that's M-R underscore McFly. I can be found on Clubhouse at the Branderkist. And just one last note to all the people who might be thinking, well, my company is not really a CPG brand or my company doesn't have that sexy thing. I just finished doing brand development and brand creation for two fintech companies. My work has been in Times Square and that's the second time my work's been in Times Square.
1: Wow.
3: It's because that's your awesome. brand is the most important asset. I don't care what your vertical is. Every company needs a brand in order to scale. And if you're in business, I think you want to scale. So make sure you do it, do it smartly, do it well.
0: Well done. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Troy. Yeah, snaps all around. Thank Thank you all for being part of the part one of our season four reunion. Hello, friends. And we are here now with group two in this reunion extravaganza. Our group two today is Jim Fuse, Diana Richardson, and Kendra Losey. Welcome friends. Yay. So good to see you both, Megan and Jen, again. Oh, so I'm so
1: excited to see you guys. Awesome.
0: (laughs) It's It's always a challenge. I'm glad I'm glad this worked out. I'm glad we found a time that worked (laughs) um, for for each of you. And I love this trio that we have here. So (laughs) all right. So let's start with Jim. Jim was episode 69. Um, Tim and Jim were the guests and we talked about how to build a live streaming show. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
4: Yeah. So I, you know, Jim Fuse, I'm the president of Fusion Marketing. I'm a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel. And over the last uh, couple of years, I now do marketing the Marine Corps way, kind of embrace that uh, military past. I do live streams, got a couple podcasts, as well as do remote and virtual event production. So yeah, so really what we talked about on the show was really quite relevant to, to where things are going now.
0: Yeah, for sure. So live streaming is, it's interesting, right? Because it's, the face of it has maybe changed a little bit, given the pandemic, right? Given that everything went online, and so it, we kind of went from like we're not just having online events, but if you're going to have an online event, if you're if it's going to be webinar style, why not make it live, right? And then you are one of few people. How many people are um, live streaming on Amazon now? Do you know
5: the number? Well,
4: I don't know the number. I know there's probably about a thousand that might be approved, but I will tell you it's nowhere near that number that are actually taking advantage of the ability to go live.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, how it works and how cool is it that you can talk to somebody who has a book and just be like, yeah, we're, you're right here on Amazon. You just to go buy it.
4: Right. Yeah. So it got uh, got approved uh, last year in July. It, you applied through what they call the the influencer program. They take a look at your social. You pick up a social profile. It's now been narrowed down to Instagram, Facebook Business, or YouTube. And once you're approved, you're able to go live on the platform. You know they do have some rules that they uh, look for. I mean, you can't like send people off the live to go to your stuff. I mean, they want people to follow you, but you're able to sell products. You know, you have the products in the carousel on the platform while you're live streaming. If people watch your show and they click it, you get, you know, affiliate commissions. Uh, you know, it's affiliate commissions on steroids. It really is. And It's fascinating because, you know, YouTubers take sometimes years to get the subscribers and the view counts. And within months, we have companies that are asking us, you know, hey, would you talk about our product on your show? You know, and I don't have a thousand, you know, subscribers or whatever. So it's really fascinating how quickly you can level yourself up. And it's, I think it's the future. This is already huge in Asia. And I think it's going to continue to grow here. So it's nice to get in on something early, as opposed to, you know, like we all wish we'd been on YouTube 10 years ago.
1: (laughs) True. I love this. The whole Amazon live shopping experience. That is just amazing because what you can, what you're able to do is add just a little bit more context to something that somebody might be thinking about buying and just maybe even pushing them over the edge into mm-hmm. the, the buying stage of the, of the whole thing. And that is so powerful, Jim. That's just amazing that you have the ability to do that for other people
4: yeah, it's a lot of fun, too. I mean, we we have fun. That's part of it. It's like, uh, we don't care if we sell anything. When we have our guest on, it's just a great time. I, you know, Megan, like you said, having having authors on, you know, in the latest book from Ross Brand, we had a book party. We had about nine or ten people that are in his book come on and talk about the book live. and it was just it was just a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Love it, love it. And then we'll get to the question after we have these ladies introduce themselves. So Diana Richardson, she talked. I named it scintillating search tips. Tried to be alliterative this season. <laughs> we talked SEO um, with Diana. It was episode 74. So tell our listeners about yourself. Yep.
6: So I have been a digital marketer for almost, or actually a little over 15 years at this point. And I started with my background in SEO and PPC for really niche business, but throughout my career, I've worked with businesses, all shapes and sizes from super locally owned mom and pop shops to international OEMs to dentists to nonprofits. So I've kind of worked at the gamut and it's been really fun. I led a team of you know search marketers and then I uh, left and went and became the director of digital marketing for really amazing brand agency. And then through the powers of networking and social media, I landed my job at SEMrush where I am the social media and community manager. I'm a public speaker. I'm actually presenting at the White Spark Conference um, next month about social media. Thank you. So I'm really excited about that.
0: And um I also love wine. <laughs> ah, she does. <laughs> Jen, you have that in common with I think yes. probably yes. at least half the half the group. But not two thirds. Um <laughs> that's awesome. So your episode I said, as I said, we talked about SEO. I really feel like it was, I, I hope people go back and listen to it. It's it's evergreen. I don't think there, I don't think anything was said on that episode that oh. like doesn't stand that won't stand up. Uh, over time. <laughs> and that
6: is kind of the beauty of the fundamentals of SEO yeah. too, is that they've been evergreen for 15 years. <laughs> At least as, as right. long as I've been doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a nuance, right? There's things that have changed oh. here and there, like in terms of how you do your content for SEO and all right. that kind of stuff, or whether you do your content for SEO. Or right, and I mean, great like content schema and
6: yeah. uh, different levels of coding and Python and things like that that have enhanced SEO. But the fundamental of quality content that resonates with an audience has been a fundamental. And if you think about Google, like at its core, Google wants to give you the information you're looking for. So if you write that quality information, that's what they're looking for. So (laughs) it doesn't matter
0: how many times you say X, Y, Z in your H tag. (laughs) Right. Right. And I know you weren't on just to promote Sunrush, but I do think like using a, using a tool like Sunrush though, is like, that's kind of life-changing too, especially if you're not if you're, if you're not real familiar with how SEO works, I think tools like that are, are gold. So also all I think right. from an agency perspective, cause that's how I used it before I worked here was I worked for
6: both jobs before SMrush where agency level work and just managing so many different clients at once, it was a great way to keep everything in one place, but like understand each website individually. And, you know, um, so it was great from that perspective
0: too. I love it. Okay. Miss Kendra Losey. So it's funny. I should have checked the stats before we got on. I didn't check the stats. But <laughs> she Last I looked, you and Kelly were tied for all-time downloads. So Ooh. with her 2018 episode, <laughs> Kelly, I had both of them back and they're competing against themselves, but you're still, your old episode is still winning because I mean, it's been around for longer. So we'll see what happens in a couple of years. But uh, Kendra and it was on episode sixty. It was a bonus episode. I did four bonus episodes last July. We know, when when in lockdown, might as right? well Why create not? some more good content. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we talked cannabis marketing, but um, we'll talk about your episode in a sec. Kendra, tell our listeners about yourself.
5: Absolutely, I'm Kendra Losi, the founder of Moda Marketing, and I do I'm a marketing strategist helping companies in this cannabis and CBD space grow their business, so they build their brand, grow their business, so they can stand out from the cloud of competition. And I am also the host of Cannabis Marketing Live, All Puff No Fluff, Facebook Live show. And I also, in my free time, teach social media marketing at a few different universities around San Diego. And I've been doing that on and off for about 10, 12 years free time. That's fine. Free time. In my <laughs> free time, I'm an adjunct faculty. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. I love it through the cloud. I, ca- I see what you did there. That's very good. And the all, of course, I will say again, all puff, no fluff is like. I love that. Oh my so goodness. brilliant. I just yeah. love it. All right. So we talked cannabis marketing really like on both shows. it's funny because in my mind's eye, I can't really think of what the difference was between the two, except that things have changed over time,
5: right? Things have changed over time. And the second one, we focused a little more on CBD because of the hemp farm bill in 2018, it made it more accessible. And there's a lot more CBD companies that are out and just the marketing limitations that these companies have, you know, if you can't run paid ads, or if you're very limited and having to like separate your paid ads from three steps down, what does that leave you with? And it's requires, I personally love the challenge because it requires a lot more creativity, a lot more, you know, a stronger brand and really just finding ways to stand out. And of course, all the strategies are video first and not everyone's excited to hear that. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) But so is that part of what you're doing? Are you coaching clients on how to do their own?
5: So I've been doing a lot. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of social media and content marketing strategy for people to help build their brand and communicate it out. And then I also launched a CBD marketing lab for Motivate Your Market for CBD business owners to be able to help them do. It's almost like a DIY. So it's in between a class and a mastermind. So just for those business owners that couldn't afford to have the full consulting and all the different pieces and need to do it themselves, which is a huge number of people, uh, business owners in that space.
0: Right. Right. Awesome. 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 Okay. Jen's going to ask the one big question.
1: Okay. All right. So Kendra, why don't we just start with you? What is the most important business lesson that you learned during this ongoing pandemic that will help you? But, and hopefully our listeners forever more.
5: Yeah. I think that when I saw what my, what was happening with my clients and I personally with, you know, with all the changes lost almost 70% of my revenue from clients, like it really, you know, you know what your goals are and what you want to accomplish, but trying to, it's letting go of the how and looking for those creative ideas. Like you're not, the how's no longer going to stay the same in terms of how you get there, but it's letting go of how you get there and opening up your perspective into what's possible and also not being afraid to get uncomfortable, right? Like I mentioned video first and it's been, I've been teaching, like I said, 10, 12 years and I have been pushing video for so long for people. And there's been students, clients, everyone was afraid of video. And so just it's letting go of that right? Stop it. Stop being afraid to be uncomfortable. Just stop it (laughs) and take those (laughs) steps to, to keep going and moving your business forward.
1: Ah, that's so monumental. Just, yeah, it's like a, hey, get over yourself. Just distribute your message. You walk your life this way anyway. So why not just go on camera and do it, right? Exactly.
5: Or or whatever it takes, right? It doesn't need to be video. It doesn't need to be camera. Personally, I've been holding up TikToks to 15-year-olds that rolled out of bed. Like, really? And you think <laughs> these guys are going to let that hold them back? But nope. the reality is that we need, you know, it does require things to get uncomfortable, whether it's sales, whether it's video, whatever that thing is for you let go of it. Find a way to let go of it. And don't get so intent on things have to be done a certain way to get there.
1: I love that. That could be like in a motivational book somewhere. That's fantastic. It is such powerful advice, Kendra. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Jim, I want to ask you the same question. What is the most important business lesson that you've learned during the pandemic that will help you and and obviously hopefully our listeners forever?
4: Well, I I think it was it was a comment I heard in an Amazon group that I'm in. We had a like a four person YouTube, and it's that virtual is like your new outfit. You are it's your first impression. And there's still people that are, you know, it's like they're waiting for things to like, I don't want to be on Zoom anymore. I don't they think that that's it's going to go away. And even right now, as we speak, right, things are kind of now starting to go up in the air again. So quit putting off getting better on camera and just do it, you know start to level up a little bit at a time, and you'll be better for it in the long run. I mean, most of my business meetings now that I have with clients, potential clients are by Zoom. You know, there's no reason for me to drive out and have an in-person meeting.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like there's an there's an economical reason for doing this as well. Save the environment, save your gas money. Save, you know, there are good things about being able to do this also. It's not just having the attitude of being zoomed out but I love that idea of consistently leveling yourself up doing like it kind of goes into what Kendra says make yourself uncomfortable just do it so thank you for that Jen that's amazing and I love that you've got that from um, Amazon too I, <laughs> that's so on brand for you <laughs> that's great Diana I'm gonna ask you the same question what is the most important business lesson that you learned during this pandemic that will help you and our listeners forever
6: Bringing humanity back into our marketing messaging, including SEO. I think a lot of, you know, we think so much about the search engines or we think so much about metrics and even just like engagement stats on the social media side, we have, and we think innovation. And I, and I actually feel like leading up to the pandemic, we were on this course where Businesses and brands were focused more on innovating as opposed to connecting. And I and that yeah. brought us all back down a notch, especially, I mean, working for a SaaS company, which is very technical. And but we have a great, we have a great tone of voice too. So we were able to easily adapt and bring humanity into our, our messaging, but it's the same thing, bigger brands and ones that aren't. Disney World or someone that is already <laughs> p- appealing to humanity. And I think this pandemic has really brought us back to the core of why we are marketers. And that is to be with people. And that is to make connections and build relationships. And even if you're doing that in-house or on behalf of your uh, you know, client or something, the point is, is to build a relationship between the audience and the business. And we were all... Knock down a notch or two on, on that scale during this shift. So I think I think, and I think that will stick around because we've definitely yeah. seen, like you were just saying about TikTok too. Like we've definitely seen how authenticity and. Removing uh, filters, you know, in the social media language too, how that really does resonate with the rest of the humans in the world. And since we are so digitally connected now, especially not that we weren't before, but I think, you know, we are like on, again, on steroids, like digitally connected now that you have to be able to appeal to people to people and not just, you know, not just emojis and not just, you know, things like that. Like it's, it's human to human marketing is human to human. Um, It is person to person and it shouldn't be website to search engine. It shouldn't be Twitter feed to other Twitter feed.
1: It, it should be people to people. And I, we, I, that's what I learned. <laughs> it's such a powerful message. I, it, it's so true. Like, and that, I think that that's how you get people to continually come to a Twitter chat every single week. Because <laughs> you have built a community around some rush and people want to come hang out with you probably more than once a week, but you know, <laughs> I love it. And I also, I, I also love how that tied into what we were talking about with, Gary. Yes. Building community, building trust and just really, you know, laying it all out there and and being authentic.
6: Yeah. I came in right as Gary was talking and I felt like I was perfect timing because yeah, yeah, that completely resonated with me and how I feel about marketing in general, but especially in this last year and a half. So
0: well,
1: and, times, for, right?
0: well we wouldn't I wouldn't know any of y'all, if not for community and social media and oh. everyone engaging and being them their true selves. And so I think that that says a lot too, right. There's testimony right there. So well, yeah. I hate it, but the time is up for group two. <laughs> <How> does <laughs> Doesn't that go? Yeah, I know it goes so <laughs> fast. But I appreciate each of you and we will have in the show notes how to get in touch with all y'all. Thank you each, and you're welcome to stick around for the next group if you like. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Here we are starting group three, and Jen is laughing so hard she had to mute herself. Okay, so this group is a little bit smaller than we planned, but of all the groups to have just one person in, Christina Garnett, this is the perfect one. Welcome, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. And you have made some change since you were on last. Mm -hmm. We talked about visual intelligence Mm -hmm. and that was episode 71. And now you are at HubSpot. So Mm -hmm. tell our listeners about yourself and about this new little adventure you're on. Absolutely. So
7: last year had a lot of change for me. I'm sure I'm not the only person that experienced that. I left an agency after experiencing extreme burnout, wound up working in a visual intelligence company um, startup that I love. I still talk to them almost daily. Great people but was offered the chance to be a part of HubSpot. And I, that's the one company I can't say no to. I loved them for years. I love the leadership team. I love what they do. I was an evangelist without the title long before they knew who I was. So I get to be a fan of the fans. I'm, my title technically is the Senior Marketing Manager of Offline Community and Advocacy. And what that means is I do an absurd amount of social listening and I identify our biggest fans and I get to be a fan of the fans.
1: Oh, how fun. That's a, that's, that's say that title cool. again. That's cool.
7: Senior marketing wow. manager of offline community and advocacy. Wow.
0: That is a lot that is of so words. Cool. <laughs> it's, a, it's, long. it's long. It's a long <laughs> title, but, it's, but it's, it's great. I love that offline for offline community to be your, in your title when it's a, when HubSpot is very much a online mm-hmm. tool is like, that's pretty cool. So we talked about visual intelligence. So tell our listeners what that is and what what Visit does that tool that you or the company that you work for. Absolutely. So Visit has a tool
7: where they create AI lenses based on specific persona groups. And then what they'll do is they'll break down like what are the demographics of who your target audience is and everything that kind of goes from that. And then what they do is they create AI lenses and then they scan specific images and we can pull them or we being Visit. But visit can pull them or the client can share them. And what it would do is it would scan the images and then it would tell you based off those AI lenses, which images had the most stopping power, which ones were more appealing and which ones you were able to see also like where the eye looked. So was there a specific feature? And so there I was a senior strategist. So I would go through all the data and I'd be able to create the reports and basically say like, here are the numbers, but here's what you really need to know and look for patterns. So as a strategist, my idea, the work I was doing really was looking for patterns and trying to find tactics that they could utilize to be able to improve future content. So it could be this persona loves the color yellow, or they love it when your product is vertical and not horizontal, or they like it when there's a shadow or not a shadow. And so that way, not only were they able to pick within that specific, within the images they gave us, but they could also use that intel for future for future designs. So imagine being a creative director and you already know what the audience wants to see. And so it makes it easier for you to curate the exact kind of look and feel that they're going to need. So it saves you time, it saves you money. And then what they have now is they actually have it as a SaaS product too. So you can either hire them and have someone like me create a report for you that breaks down everything. Or if you want to do it yourself, they have the SaaS dashboard where you're able to upload photos, see what happens, and then your team can take a look and see what works.
0: Okay, so powerful for, for agencies, right, Jen? Can you see yeah. that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I can see this saving so much time. So much time. It's, that's fantastic.
7: Yeah, and the team's really great. I mean, I I love absolutely all of them. Like I said, I still talk to them almost almost every day. The founder, we text each other if he has any questions about social. So, like, I'm always it's a really great group. I'm very, I'm very proud that I got to work with them.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So, we also talked about hashtag marketing Twitter because mm-hmm. Christina went, I guess, viral as they say. And I basically did you, I have to ask you this. Cause I, I remember you saying something about people reaching out to you for jobs. You pretty much had jobs being thrown at your face, didn't you? Left and right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like I, it's so incredible. And is that HubSpot, did it come up because of through that or were you already like in with them or talking to somebody there?
7: before. Basically, I wasn't looking or anything. I had a lot of jobs that were offered to me and I was happy at visit. So I just kind of like passed them around and was like, Hey, friends, like this job's available. Does anyone interested? such like that. Around the time of inbound, Brian Halligan, the found um, one of the co-founders and the CEO of HubSpot found me on Twitter and started following me, then followed me on LinkedIn. And then a couple weeks later, I had Kip, our CMO, reach out to me to say that they'd like to talk to me about possibly being a part of HubSpot. That's
0: awesome. And wow. they did they create the position for you based on your skills? The the
7: position was available but it wasn't open. So like it wasn't for for public consumption, but they knew that there was a need for community and advocacy. And so when Brian saw what I was doing on Twitter, he was like, "Huh, maybe this will work." So they talked to me and said, "This is the position that we're looking for. Is this something that you'd be interested in talking to us more and learning more about?" And I was like, "Absolutely. I love HubSpot." And so that kind of and now I'm here.
1: <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, we I we still I now. still pinch myself I'm still like <laughs> I'm, I'm still confused when I'm like
7: I work here yeah
1: oh my gosh I love how we use HubSpot religiously and now marketing yeah. um yeah in fact I'm, I'm in the middle of content marketing training right now
7: yay oh yeah. love it I love world yeah. certification week I'm glad that they've turned it from a day to a week because a day is just there's yeah. not enough hours to do it no you
1: need. <laughs> no and that's good stuff it's good knowledge it's so valuable
7: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'll tell the, I'll tell the Academy team, the Academy team. Like that's, that's another thing is when you, when you interview and you talk to people, they'll say like, what's the best part of working at HubSpot? And everyone says the people and you, I kind of had a fear. And I think most people have a fear of if you have this like city on a hill kind of vibe, you're going to get there. And it's like, this isn't what the packaging looks like. This isn't what we were promised. And then you get there and it's identical. Like everyone's lovely. Everyone's nice. Like I want to hug everyone on the Academy team. They're so sweet. Yeah.
0: They're amazing.
1: I love that. I love that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, we did a show early early on. I want to say season one, maybe season two on like what is inbound marketing. Exactly. And the guy we had on, Will Curran, they, his company uses HubSpot. So that ended up being kind of like what we talked about. But maybe we'll have to have you back and we'll talk a little bit more. we we'll get a little bit more deep into community. Yeah, Love that. Okay. So our, with our one big question, Christina, what is the most important business lesson that you learn during this pandemic that's now ongoing, that's going to help you and hopefully our listeners forevermore. Relationships matter.
7: Yeah. It's all about relationships. It yes. really is. It's it's why I'm here. It's why, yay. Oh, one of my friends just joined. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: he speaking... was in group one. He's coming back. <laughs> Troy. Yeah, Troy. So, so Speaking of relationships
7: matter, Troy, heart you. So glad you're here. But it, it that's what it really comes down to is That's where brands are seeing problems versus the ones that are winning. We're seeing it with the people who are creating connections and finding opportunities. We're finding it with the people who are, if they get offered a job, but they don't want it, they're giving it to other people. If someone needs help, they're amplifying other people's content. It is all about relationships, all about relationships. And because there's been everything that we've learned in the last 18 months comes from a place of we have to prioritize what helps us and what matters, and we don't have the time to spend energy on things that don't give us joy that don't help us that that aren't using social for good and so we're muting a lot of the thought leaders because they're not bringing real value they're they're saying fortune cookie content they're not amplifying others they're just there to say something and leave and brands are starting to realize they can't do that either they like twitter today did that really cool surprise and delight campaign with a hoodie and with a tumbler and a candle for people who really liked their, their tweet about getting rid of fleets. And all that comes down to is Twitter saying like, we see you, we want to give you a little hug there virtually, give you a little love and prove that you're listening. Like that's, that's, a, that's everything. And so
0: that for me, it's all about relationships. Yes, yeah, That's amazing. Yes. I just want to say for me, that is a huge, not a, it wasn't a lesson that I learned, but it was amplified, right? Like it just made it that much more clear how important things are. And I made a decision to go in-house to go work for another company instead of continuing on. I'm not going to shut my company down, but, and the amount of support and referrals that I've gotten has just been tremendous. And so I'm right there with you. Go ahead, Jen. Sorry about that.
1: I, I love also what Twitter did uh, about the fleets. That's amazing. And then I got on my phone today and something's missing. What's not there anymore? There's like a still a line at the top with where fleets were supposed to be, but it's so cool that they, they're they like, you love this, you love this, you love this, you love this. Here you go. <laughs> amazing. That's what it's all about. I love that you said uh, relationships, Christina. It's so powerful and it's so freaking true. And that's how amazing things happen is doing amazing. You put amazing out there, you get amazing back and Oh, I love that you said that for sure. sure. All right. So
0: Christina, what's the best way for people to find you? I am that Christina G basically
7: anywhere on the internet. Come say hi. I I do live on Twitter, so I, I kind of live there rent-free, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> come hang out, come talk. We don't have to talk about marketing. We can always talk about Marvel, but yeah, open to all the conversations. Football.
0: Football. college football. Upcoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you don't live there rent-free you have paid your dues and all the awesomeness (laughs) that you provide I mean seriously you're so great on there and like I'm just so happy that I met you through Twitter also unless I said at the beginning you missed the first group I know everyone here because of social media so I love it and I, I get like it's I get email all the time. Like, oh my person! This person wants to be on your show, and I'm like, <laughs> I thought I thought I could. I'm not that I'm not willing to have people I don't know on the show, but there's just something about relationships that have been developed um, yeah. through social that is is pretty special. Hundred yeah. percent. And I think I think
7: Twitter. I'm definitely leaning more towards Twitter than anything else. But I think that over time, you can't hide who you really are. Like you're on social so much. You're on there when you're sick. You're on there when you're angry. You're on there when you're sad. Like eventually like your true self's going to come up. So when you're hanging with people and you're talking to people, you're eventually going to get to know like, this is this person's vibe. This is how they really are. And it's like Twitter. It's really hard to hide who you are. It eventually it eventually like bleeds out. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. All right, friends, that's it. This is the end of the road for part one of our season four Reunion show. Thank you, Christina, for being our our solo group three guest. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, anytime. Literally, anytime. We would love to have you whenever, you, whenever you want to be. On. All right. And thanks, Miss Jen Cole, season five. Can
1: you believe it? I can't believe it. We're on to season five. Wow, it's amazing.
0: So awesome. And we're so appreciative to all our listeners and everyone who supported us over the years, if you like the show, please tell a friend, rate and review us on whatever platform it is you're listening on, because that helps us get seen by even more people to experience all the awesomeness that our guests bring. All right. So this has been episode 86 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.